the Hollywood Radio Theater. Every day at this time, Monday through Friday, a J.M. Colas Enterprises production, the Hollywood Radio Theater presents an unusual tale of mystery and suspense. Every week, Monday through Friday, the Hollywood Radio Theater presents... I'm Rod Serling. You're listening to the Zero Hour. Rest your eyes. Exercise your... This week, Stanton for a plebunth of But I wouldn't want to die there. Starring Nehemiah Prasad. Brock Peters. And Marge Redmond. In Elliot Lewis's production of The Zero Hour. This week, we've been working on a puzzle. We began with a letter sent to a woman about to commit suicide. A letter that told of a murder. Our puzzle, then, the identity of a killer. Help arrived, but only got in the way. Pieces stuck together. Others didn't seem to fit at all. A patternless puzzle. Then a second murder. More pieces. Not another puzzle entirely, but one within the other, like concentric circles with rough edges. Now we've but a few pieces remaining, but as yet no picture. For Sylvia Bennett and for you, the last pages of the letter contain the pieces that fill in the gaps. Listen carefully. But I wouldn't want to die there. Falls into place after this word. The meaning of what Boland said took a few moments to set in. I half jogged back up the beach and unlocked the door outside the back steps that lead upstairs. We hadn't used them since our first year on the island, but I still remembered the combination. Three, thirty-one, twenty. The miserable day I was born. It seemed like an eternity going up the old stairs. It was a miracle they held up under my weight. I locked the door to my room behind me and turned on a strong light. The caricature on the magazine cover was not flattering. See page twenty. Whatever Happened to Joseph Johns by... by Sylvia Bennett. He's a heavy-set man. Man wearing thick glasses for congenital myopia. His expression is benign. His voice is gentle. He lives by a dead man's name, Jeffrey S. Cadwallader. But his real name is Joseph Johns. And 25 years ago, he was convicted of murder and sent to prison. He resides in the village of Grand Case on the Caribbean island of Saint-Martin where actress Annabelle Lee met death last week at the hands of a person or persons unknown, as of this writing. Joseph Johns, alias Cadwallader, lives in a second-floor apartment of the guest house he owns. On that same floor lives his friend and partner, Maxwell Terry, brother of the late Helen Terry. It was she who was killed 25 years ago. Helen Terry, then aged 14, murdered, according to the decision of judge and jury, by Joseph Johns. I felt suddenly sick all over, just like when 
I saw Gerard laying dead on the floor that night. I turned the pages and there I was, smiling brightly in living color. The photographs you took that day at Benevenue, sightseeing. And one of Helen, poor little Helen, only a child. Yes, a kitten who never got the chance to grow up. Hey, Clara, what are you doing in there? Open up. Have you seen Boland? Yeah, yeah, I saw him leave. What's with Boland? He brought me a present. Take a look. I knew there was something wrong with that woman. So you're right as usual. I should have known. What would she see in someone like me? Boy, she really dug it all up. I, uh, I better get back downstairs. The both of us gone could really look bad. What can I do? Stay here. If anyone asks, I'll say you're not feeling well. The moment I locked the door behind Max, I began filling my release. I didn't know what to take or where I might be going. All I could fit in was one suit of clothes, a toothbrush razor, and lens cleaner. I almost packed my sleeping pills, but at the last moment, reconsidered and left the vial on the desk. I took one to calm my nerves. I thought about destroying the magazine, but by morning, there would be copies all over the island anyway. So to pass the time, I read. It was nearly three o'clock when I heard the door. got it all worked out. It'll take a little time. How much time have we got? Enough. Now listen carefully. I know a guy with a boat who owes me a favor. For the right price, he'll get you off Saint-Martin. Now, turn out the light. One of Leclerc's men is hanging out across the street. I don't want him to see me leave. Leave? Where are you going? Out to make arrangements with Hippolyte, the guy with the boat. All right, Max, go down the back steps. I opened the door and didn't put the lock back. Good. Max! I really don't understand why you're such a good friend. I never have understood. <laughs> it's very simple, Cad. I've always known you didn't push Helen off that roof. You'd never have had the guts. I heard the station wagon pull away and listen for a car to follow, but none did. Max had managed to slip away. In the bureau drawer, I found the whiskey I kept for, uh, well, bitter nights, and I took a long swallow from the bottle. Then I waited. I must have dozed off because I didn't hear anyone come up the stairs, but somebody was knocking quietly at the door. Mr. Cobb, it's Alphonse. I got to talk to you, Mr. Cobb. Let me in, please. You come with me. Alphonse, what are you... My brother Oliver has something to tell you. Something he's seen. Something he's seen? Yes, yes, he will tell you. He has a way. He says, bring you. He says, you are kind to him. You smile to him, you wave to him. Come with me now, please. The house was dark when we got there. Someone, Alphonse's mother, I think, lit a kerosene lamp when we got inside. When my eyes adjusted to the light... I could see blankets tacked over the windows so no one could see in. Oliver was there, and Therese, and Eloise, and Michel Bousquet. Monsieur Card. Hello, Mrs. Tabor, friends. The tourist, Boland, has been making trouble for you. You know, then. We do not believe what he says. We have been thinking what to do about it. And as we talk, 
We find Oliver here knows something he has not told. What is it? Tell Mr. Cardinal, Oliver. The the sun? Oh, a hill. A point? Molly Smith Point. Oh, you were on Molly Smith Point when Annabelle Lee... What is he saying now? He was gathering firewood for the kitchen stove. Yes, go, go on, Oliver. Uh, a, a boat? Who? Who was in the, the boat? Did you see? Did you, did you, did you recognize? L oh, a long face. A, a beard? A man? Max? No, no. There must be some mistake. M Max was in Puerto Rico. I took him to the airport myself the day before. He says he makes no mistakes. They didn't see him, but he saw them. Not Max. No, why, why anyone else, but... We know how you feel, Mr. Carr. Here's your plan. No, I can't believe it. But then I had to believe it. At that very moment... Max was out arranging for my escape with a man in a boat who owed him a favor. He could have killed Annabelle Lee by accident. Maybe just lost his temper and hit her once. But no, no, I saw her. It was more than once. And Gerard, too, but why? How could Gerard have known... Only if he discovered Max hadn't really gone to San Juan. The ticket manager at the airport, that same man I had seen hustling out of Leclerc's office, uh, Emmanuel Patterson. I had to hear it from him. I told you, I, I don't know any Max Terry. A week ago, yesterday, the early flight to San Juan, a full load, remember, Emmanuel. I am the new ticket manager. That was my first day. Yes, but there was a line at your ticket counter, Emmanuel. A woman with a dog in a crate. And Robert Tolliver, who gave you a rather hard time, as I recall. And then there was a fellow with a beard. Uh, a beard? Yes, Max Terry. I, I see lots of people. I have a very important job. I, I see lots of people with beards. Yes, but this bearded man, he bought a ticket from you. He checked through customs and then came back to me and said he was going to get coffee. You remember the flight was delayed and there was no use in me hanging around? Hmm? I, I don't remember what you say. I'm sure you recall checking the passenger list that... Look, don't you remember, Emmanuel? I'm certain you do. You lied to the gendarmes. You told them Max Terry was on that flight. I didn't lie. They asked to see my passenger list. They asked me, did these two men buy tickets to San Juan? I said, yes. Yes, but you know one of them didn't go. You don't call that lying? I didn't know who didn't go. It could have been anyone. That's another lie. You must have known about the murder. So you were afraid to tell the truth. Huh? You were afraid to say that Max Terry didn't fly to San Juan. But you didn't lie to Gerard, did you, Emmanuel? No. I, I told Gerard. He was my friend. He said not to worry. He would see I didn't get in trouble. I, I didn't know if it was my first day. You don't know how hard it is for an island man to get a good job. And then when Gerard... Thank you, Emmanuel. I'm sorry it turned out like it did. It's almost over now. Don't worry. Your job is safe. And Emmanuel... 
Thank you for the truth. I must have been exhausted. What with the sleeping pill and all the excitement, when I woke up, I was sitting in the chair. I heard the door close behind me. Everything's set. Hippolyte's got the boat in the bay. Uh, you'll have to wait out to meet him. You ready? No, Max, I'm not. What do you mean? I'm not ready because I'm not going. You are, Max. Me? <laughs> Why should I go? Max, there was a witness. Someone saw you meet Annabelle Lee by Molly Smith Point. Why, Max? Why didn't you get on that plane? Patterson, huh? He told you. Man. Not Patterson. Don't ask me to tell you who saw you because I won't. And if you don't get in that boat with Hippolyta and go, I'll take my eyewitness and pay a visit to Leclerc. You'd tell the gendarmes after all I've done for you? If you leave me no other choice, I'm no martyr. <laughs> I thought you were in the beginning. Then I found out you were just blind and dumb. What do you mean by that? I mean I picked you out all those years ago. Joseph Johns, Mr. Nice Guy. Mr. Fat, Rich, Nice Guy. All those speeches about how you were like a brother to me, you ate it up like candy. A ten-cent sucker. Max, where were you the morning that Helen died? I was down at the docks, don't you remember? Where were you really... Well, now, if we're going to play 20 questions, I need a drink. There's a bottle over at the bureau. Help yourself. You know, Max, I heard Helen scream. I can still hear it. She was gone by the time I reached the roof. No one was up there. But somebody could have been hiding. There was a chimney. I wouldn't have known. My glasses were much weaker. You look right at me, I thought. You really didn't see me, did you? All the time you were in prison, I thought you were taking the rap for me. I went up there to do in one of old Lady Frederica's pigeons, and I did too. Wrung its neck. But Helen saw me. She was going to tell, so I shoved her. She fell off. That was bad luck. It was an accident. Yeah, but when I showed up, your luck changed. Oh, you were so perfect. Always hanging around. You're a very dangerous man, Max. <laughs> dangerous? This temper of yours, it's not safe to let you run around loose. It's probably mental. <laughs> he thinks I'm crazy, and I think he's crazy. Hey. Could I have one of those pills there? I got a headache, like to split my brain. Go ahead. Thanks, little buddy. You'd do anything for old Max, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you, old buddy? It was the saddest night of my life listening to Max's confession, watching him destroy himself. But I did what I felt was fair. It was his choice. The more drunk he got, the more resigned he became to his fate. He blamed all the people who made things easy for him. His parents, Helen, Anita, Hippolyta, me. Even the real Cadwallader, who he said took the bullet in Korea that was meant for him. But in the end, he did place the real blame squarely upon his own shoulders. It was high noon when Eloise found us sitting there. Me with my eyes open, Max with his eyes closed. Mr. Cadwallader, the gendarmes are downstairs. Tell them to come up, Eloise, and send someone for a doctor. I think Mr. Max has committed suicide. He drank a whole fifth of whiskey with a bottle of sleeping pills. 
I'm afraid he's quite dead. We buried Max in the cemetery down the slope from where Gerard lay. The gendarmes were pretty decent about it. Patterson told his story. They finally got some straight facts out of Anita in San Juan. And Oliver and I told ours. The magazine story caused no scandal on the island to speak of. And the New York police chose not to initiate extradition proceedings. Perhaps the parole board felt it would be more trouble than it was worth. I had planned to visit New York City and a woman writer who might have been a friend. Only I never went. I can never leave Saint-Martin because they would turn me back at San Juan or arrest me. They would say there was no such person as Jeffrey Stamp Cadwallader. They would say he was dead. Hello? Hello, Carl? Sylvia, I've been trying to reach you all day and night. Honey, I'm sorry about this morning. Let's have coffee. Oh, I haven't got the time. Something wonderful has happened. That's great. I'm glad to hear it. Can you tell me? Uh, there's a letter here. It'll explain everything. I'm leaving town for a while. Oh, it's something I should have done a while ago, only I didn't have the guts... Uh, you're not off chasing rainbows, I hope. I'm leaving the letter on the desk. I'll write to you at the office. Take care. Goodbye. I'd like to make a reservation for one on your next flight to Saint Martin. Uh, the last name's Bennett. That's B. Perhaps it is a woman's prerogative to change her mind. Sylvia Bennett, a woman intent on committing suicide, found something, someone to live for. But for Carl Towers, life on Madison Avenue goes on unaltered. It's February, one month after the call from his former wife, informing him of her latest change of heart. Miss Jenks, has Keller's copy on the summit talks come in? No, sir, it hasn't. Well, get him at home and tell him I said if that copy's not here by noon, he'll never write another word for any magazine. Yes, sir. Mr. Towers, a telegram just came for you. Shall I bring it in? No, read it to me. Well? I, uh... uh it, it says, uh, Sylvia Bennett committed suicide last night. Drowned. Can't express anguish. Plan to bury her on island. Wish it had been me. It's signed, Jeffrey Stamp Cadwallader. Oh, I'm terribly sorry, Mr. Towers. <sighs> Cancel all meetings for the day, Miss Jenks. I uh, don't want to be disturbed for any reason. Damn it! You finally did it. Why, Sylvia, why now? Miss Jenks, I said I, I don't... I know, Mr. Towers, but this special delivery letter... I don't care! It's from your wife, sir. Oh. All right, uh, leave it here. Postmark February 12th. Yesterday. Must be Sylvia's last letter. Pictures, too. Carl, hurriedly, Cat has asked me to marry him. I said I would. But then, early this week in the guest house office, I found his personal checkbook. I wouldn't have looked into it, but I didn't know what it was. I'm frightened, Carl. I'm frightened for my life. I'm sending you photographs of several check stubs I found. Please hold on to them. I'm afraid Cat has lied to me. Everything was a lie. The way he said Max set him up. Everything he told me was a lie. It wasn't Max. It was never Max. 
Oh, Carl, I'm so frightened. Please come. Help me, Carl. Please help me. Sylvia. Check stubs. Pictures of checks. Pay to the order of Oliver Taylor, Newton School, $250. Pay to the order of Emmanuel Patterson, Carib Airways, $200. Oliver Taylor again. Nita Castellano, Primavera Hotel, San Juan. Apology Mercier. Anita Castellano. Everything was a lie. Help me. A plane was drinks. I want to be on the next flight to San Martin. I don't care how you do it, but get me on that plane. That concludes this week's production of The Zero Hour. Stanton Forbes, but I wouldn't want to die there. Next week, we'll begin another exciting dramatization of a tale of mystery and suspense. We'll tell our story in five days, at the same time Monday through Friday. So on Monday, rest your eyes and listen here to The Zero Hour. You've been listening to the Hollywood Radio Theater's presentation of The Zero Hour. Heard every weekday at this time. Rod Serling is your host. Stanton Forbes, but I wouldn't want to die there, was adapted for radio by Tim Weisskopf. Nehemiah Persoff was Cad. Brock Peters was Leclerc. And Marge Redmond was Sylvia. Featured in the cast were Alan Reed, Nady Norman, Jester Hairston, Kim Hamilton, Herb Jefferson, Herbert Rudley, and Kay Stewart. Zero Hour is produced and directed by Elliot Lewis. Jack Myers is executive producer. Rochelle Sherman, associate producer. And Kim Weisskopf, story editor. Music conducted and composed by Stanley D. Hoffman. The Hollywood Radio Theater theme was played by Ferranti and Teicher and is now available on United Artists Records and Tapes. This has been a J.M. Colas Enterprises production. Hugh Douglas speaking. Tune in Monday and once again, rest your eyes and listen here to The Zero Hour. Thank you.